Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public. Might make your stomach hurt. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to unwind. You better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to get your snack. You better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Purple Pants Podcast, episode 149, Playlist. I serve as your humble and oh-so-gracious host, Bryce Isaiah, and thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you could be so kind to ensure that you are subscribed to the Purple Pants Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, wherever there is podcast, the Purple Pants Podcast is there. Hit subscribe, write a review, and give your baby boy some five stars if you haven't already make sure you check out the survivor news edition episode 148 where are the votes you can listen to it or you can watch it on youtube at the bryce isaiah youtube channel hit subscribe on that and give that video a thumbs up what's the tea purple pants posse what's been going on with y'all who I feel like baby boy is still recovering from last week events going out acting like, you know, it's the summer of 2006, but baby boy had a productive week. You know, I started my workouts. I started running, trying to, you know, listen, like I said, once we hit that spring equinox, baby boy was treating it like it's summer. So I had to meal prep. I've been working out, went to the gym a couple of times with Wendell. Wendell been giving me these little workouts. Ooh, baby boy is sore. But listen, I'm trying to be, listen, y'all know me. I'm I'm waiting for the summer. Try having, I'm trying to be in a two-piece bikini. So yes, I, um, I'm getting myself together, trying to live by my actions and my words. And I said, I'm going to treat it like summer. So it is definitely a sore recording for me. My stomach hurt, my arms hurt. But listen, while I was running, you know, I had that playlist together. It was somewhat of a chill type of weekend for myself. Cause listen, y'all know Bridgerton came out. So I had to dedicate eight hours to getting that done. I had some, I mean, running around to do some recordings to do, but ultimately it was a nice and chill weekend. Cause listen, baby boy, not in my twenties no more. I am in my early to late thirties and going out every day of the weekend 
take a toll on your body. I had to make sure I was hydrated. I had to make sure I was getting myself together. But ultimately, I had a great weekend this weekend. Didn't do much. Chilled out, laid in the bed. You, you know, listen, that's, that's a good, that's a turn up weekend for myself. However, I am really excited for this week's episode. Okay. So let me give y'all the rundown. We have the church announcements. And I am breaking down or just giving my first thoughts on Bridgerton. I'm also telling you about the documentary, The Diary of Andy Warhol, was really interesting to me. And we are starting a new segment this week, Purple Pants Playlist. And I invite Isaiah Goins. Okay, y'all might know him as 8-Ball Bangas on the Twitter. So we are talking music this week. And I have my Freak of the Week. So Get your playlist ready and hit play because we getting into these church announcements. For this week's church announcement, just a friendly reminder to the congregation that next Wednesday, April 6th. First of all, I can't believe we about to be in April already. Yes. April showers bring May flowers. But April 6th, Wendell and I are heading to our nation's capital, D.C., for another epic watch party. Bryce and Wynn present the District 42. Tickets are available. They're going quick. It's only a couple left. So listen, I would love to see you in the building and let's watch some Survivor together. We've got the Queen Sandra Diaz coming. We've got Liana Wallace. We've got Natalie Cole. We've got newly added Johnny Fairplay. We've got Ayana from The Challenge. We've got Angela from Ghost Island. Okay, we have Rockstar from Big Brother. So it's going to be such a great time. The tickets are available. Click the link in my Instagram bio, Wendell's Instagram bio, or the Bryce and Wynn present Instagram bio and get your tickets and listen. Mark the calendars. 420, April 20th. We are headed to the windy city of Chicago. The Bryce and Wynn present continues. So look out for information on that. So if you're in the Chicago area, pull on up. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's a man who? It's a man you? Meeting potatoes like we're cooking up a great stew. It's a man who? It's a man you? Meeting potatoes like we're cooking up a great stew. 
as all of you know, over the weekend, last Friday, Bridgerton Season 2 dropped, and you know I was ready for it, okay? After the whirlwind of Season 1 with the Duke, I said, ooh, I'm going to have to tune on in. So I had a little watch party at my friend Chelsea's house, okay? We had the little snacks going, and we watched the Season 2 of Bridgerton. Now, I was a little nervous because I felt like any of you guys that watched Bridgerton, it made me think like, did we like Bridgerton so much before because we was in the middle of a pandemic and everybody was home and it was just like, you know, kind of like the Tiger King effect. Can it do it again? And so I won't go into deep, deep details just for anyone that has not watched it. I don't want to give too many spoilers away, but I do want to give my takes on uh, some of the storylines, which I thought were so interesting. So one, we just got to talk about it. The Duke is not in season two. Uh, we knew about that earlier on in the year. We covered it here on the podcast. And so we're like, is Daphne going to be in it? And Daphne is in it. Now, when I was reading the reports about Daphne's role in Bridgerton season two, they said her role would be limited. Now, from what I watched, I felt like her role was not really that limited. She was very present in this season and it just begged to wonder where is the duke you know she didn't have the baby the baby is with her throughout the season and you know she mentions that he had to stay home from work so it was great to see daphne because we've grown to love daphne but every time i would see daphne and the baby i'm like where is the duke now for season three i'm just gonna go out there and say this shonda if the Duke can't come back for season three, we need to recast him. It's just weird seeing Daphne and the love story that was season one. And I know season two is not necessarily focused on Daphne, but we fell in love with Daphne. So we want to see the Duke. And this is what I'm saying. I don't I think it was great for him not to be in this episode, but I think or not this episode, but this season. But moving forward, if Daphne is going to have a role in season three like she did Y'all gonna have to recast the Duke if he ain't wanting to come back because we just need to see that character. And I think by season three, we will be over it not being the Duke, even though Duke is always going to be the Duke to me. Now, the story really of this season is focusing on the oldest Bridgerton brother, Aunt Tony, not Anthony, Aunt Tony. Now, I'm probably saying that wrong. Anthony. Um, he is the eldest brother of the Bridgerton, and we really get a lot of backstory about him. He's the serious one. He's the one that has to handle the, the family's finances. And we learn that he was with Father Bridgerton when he died. And was traumatic for him. And we even get to see like Lady Bridgerton talking to him throughout the season. And she says that, you know, when your dad died, the joy that you had left, you know, you changed into a different person. Yes, Lady Bridgerton, that's traumatic. If you've seen how the, the daddy Bridgerton died, like that's traumatic. So we get to understand Anthony a lot. Now we know Anthony was in the... I don't know what you call it, the brothels last season, and maybe he was in the brothels this season. Um, you know, the the courting season has started, and this is the year that he has decided that he is going to settle down and find a wife. Now, he's got this rigid list of what he wants in a wife, almost as if 
like he doesn't want to find a wife because first of all, Anthony Bridgerton, I hate to break it to you. You're not that perfect yourself. So how are you going to find somebody that's perfect? And he really is committed to like, you know what? I'm not going to be in love with this woman, but I want this woman, this lady that I'm going to marry. I want her to be perfect on paper so that when we have children, our children will be amazing. Now, who is the the star of his eyes? So we meet the Sharma ladies. It's Kate Sharma and Edwina Sharma. Um, and they are coming from, they're from India, but they are here in London because it's courting season and they need to find a man because it looks like their mother was embroiled in a scandal. Now, I can't really remember what the scandal was, but it, it might have been that the Charmin father had an older daughter or another daughter out of, I don't know what the situation was, but we know that the mother Sharma is the birth mother to Edwina. And Edwina becomes the diamond of the season. You know, the queen presents a diamond of the season. And once she says that, you know, Edwina is the diamond, Antony is like, that's going to be my wife. Now, Anthony and Edwina's older sister, Kate Sharma, they meet earlier on in the season where when the Sharma sisters got here, um, Kate, she likes to ride horses in the morning. And I'm assuming that in this time and era, women are not supposed to be like riding horses unaccompanied in the countryside by themselves. So Antony meets her and there's this instant connection. Now this is what I will say, cause I'm not going to go into all of the details of the details of the details. One thing that I did not like about this season, although now listen to me when I say, although it still worked out for me, we just knew throughout the whole season, how it was going to end. It was just very like, we knew spoiler alert that Antony would end up with, Kate, the older sister, and not Edwina. Now, how we were going to get to that, I didn't know. But I knew that. So there's a lot in between of, you know, Anthony courting Edwina and Kate and Anthony having this love affair. Not really a love affair because I will say Anthony was a gentleman uh, trying to fight back his feelings. Um, so that's really the main storyline. But listen, for me, what I found so interesting was Penelope. Featherfoot, I think that's her name, and Eloise Bridgerton. We know that uh, Penelope is in love with Eloise's younger brother, or he might be his older brother, Colin Bridgerton. And we know that Colin Bridgerton last season, he decided to go on uh, after, you know, he got a bamboozled by Marina Thompson. She was trying to marry him because she was pregnant. And they wanted to, like, you know, get her with a husband because, you know, in those days, once you got a husband, you got a husband. You can't break up with him. So uh, she was, Penelope is in love with Colin. We know that Lady Whistleton or Whistledown is actually Penelope. And Penelope is still out here writing about everything that's going on in town. Now, Eloise is the youngest, not the youngest sister, but, you know, she younger than Daphne in the Bridgerton family. And she does not like the conformity in which ladies have to conform to like get a man. And I'm with her on that. Like, you know, I don't want to have to dress up. I don't want to have to pretend like I like everything that you do. I want to have all of your children. I want to stay home. Like, listen, we know Eloise ain't that type of girl. 
And so Eloise, this season is like, I don't understand the diamond. Like, why does like, what's the point of that? And so Penelope kind of being a good friend to Eloise, she starts writing about that. Like, maybe the queen doesn't know uh, who the true diamond is and why do we have to subscribe to this? What I find more interesting is that Eloise acts like she doesn't really care about Lady Whistledown, uh, but she really does. And so Lady Whistledown, again, is writing all of the scandals, talking about the Sharma sisters, all of the good stuff. Now, I'm, I'm going to get to the good point is that while Eloise is trying to find out who Lady Whistledown is. And now, mind you, Lady Whistledown, a.k.a. Penelope, she's got to change up her manufacturer who prints the paper so she has to like switch up get a new printer and then she has to switch up in which how she gets the information to him because normally she would go to the parties see all what was happening then dip out have her horse waiting for her and then go drop it off however you know with Eloise being her court in season she's really looking for Penelope to be her ride or die at these events and so there was a couple of times in which she was trying to dip out to go get her information to the printer. And Eloise was like, come here, girl. We need to go talk. We need to do this. So she couldn't get it. So she enlisted the help of the seamstress. Now, I think her name is like Genevieve Duclox. Y'all know you're killing the names. Uh, she enlists the help of her. So actually, Lady Whistledown writes uh, about how her dresses are still that them them dresses they still the dresses of the town and it really gets her a lot of business and so penelope kind of like enlists her to help her get her information to the printer so she's sewing in the articles in the dress and they have it shipped to the printer because like you know she's a seamstress so she's having people in and out of her shop so back to eloise eloise is like trying to figure out who lady whistledown is and so she can track who the printer is by like a stamp on the back of the like you know the press of the the whistle down newspaper and so she meets a young fellow there and they kind of like have this back and forth like you know spar of like oh you don't know this you don't know that but ultimately we can tell that it is love now now love i don't know necessarily love but we could tell that she's intrigued and now also eloise this is her courting season and she is not interested in any of the men at these parties she really likes this young man now what is so interesting what i find so interesting is that this young man is not of the high society and it would be a scandal of someone of the eloise stature that is a bridgerton to be talking or seen with with a young boy that is not of high society and so we see kind of sort of how that storyline unfolds. Now, there is another great storyline that I won't touch on too much, but it is the Featherton ladies. You know, Penelope's mama, her two sisters. We know that the husband died. They left them in all of this debt. And now there is another Featherton cousin uncle coming to town who allegedly is supposed to be rich and who will like rid the family of their debt and you know take over the house name so that storyline is interesting how he comes in because he's a swindler but ultimately you know penelope's mom lady featherton uh she's a snakester but what i will say is that she rides for her daughters now I don't know if she necessarily rise for her daughters because I feel like she has a closer relationship with her other two daughters, not Penelope. So I don't really want to give y'all too much more. Just know that Bridgerton season two, it delivers. And by episode eight, which there's only eight episodes, and I had to go back and look 
at last season, I'm like, it's only eight episodes. Shonda, stop playing with me. Now, I do like eight episodes because, listen, I watched the whole season in one day. However, y'all could have gave me 12, and I felt like the last episode was a little rushed. But I don't want to tell you the ending because I want y'all to watch it. But this is what I will say. Um, I won't really get on Kate Sharma and Antony because we love them. Um, But there is friction between Penelope and Eloise at one point in time because Lady Whistledown is writing about the queen and saying, is does she really know what a diamond is and why do we listen to her? Queen is really invested in making sure that her diamond gets married. But we know that don't work out. So the queen is like, I want to figure out who Lady Whistleton is because she needs to stop what she's doing. And also the queen realizes the influence that Lady Whistledown has. And if the queen can get Lady Whistleton uh, in her pocket, then it could work well for the queen. Now, I told y'all Eloise is trying to find out who Lady Whistleton is. And she off met in this uh, paper boy or this young man that works in the printing shop. Oh, the queen's spies see her. And now the queen thinks that it is Eloise, who is Lady Whistledown. And I, y'all gonna have to watch and figure out how and what happens with that. Because I don't want to spoil everything for y'all. But what I do want to say is that Eloise figures out that Penelope is Lady Whistledown. And woo, this scene is really, really good. Now, mind you, here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to go ahead and declare it. I love me some Eloise, but I have to say I'm riding with Penelope on this. There is something about Penelope's character that resonates with me. Um, She's got two older sisters. They deem Eloise as like the unattractive one. She's a little bit more plump and ain't nothing wrong with a little plump because I'm plump too. So there is this essence of Penelope that is in this high society, but like she's not seen at. She's not seen like they don't like respect her. They don't see her. They just see her as like the little sister. And like, you know, she all things considered is running a successful business as a female writer in this time that is really unheard of. So there's just a lot. And so there's this one scene when after Eloise finds out who Penelope is and Penelope, although this season, I'm not telling y'all, she does have to do some shady ish to Eloise but it really is in the best interest of Eloise although Penelope probably should have told her that she was Lady Whistle down a long time ago but you know how when you keep a secret you gotta keep it and keep it and keep it and keep it and then it's like you know when it blow up in your face but listen I'm still standing 10 toes down for Penelope and they get into this altercation when Eloise finds out that it's Penelope and you know she's really trying to make Penelope feel bad Penelope's like I did this to protect you I did this to protect you and then Eloise is like I never want to see your face or hear of you again and baby Penelope says you're just mad because you always talk about these grand schemes of what you want to do and how you want to be but I actually did something listen Penelope I ain't mad for you where my Penelope stands at now, I still love Eloise, though, and I really want them to be friends again. Uh, but I understand it's a who a trying situation. And also, to anybody that has seen this season, Colin Bridgerton tried it on episode eight. OK, tried it again. Why I just resonate so much with Penelope, because it's like, you know, the people that you love and put so much interest into you like child, they'll never see you. But I'm not telling y'all you're going to have to watch it. And find out the tea. Now, let me tell you about the Andy Warhol Diaries. So, I was just, you know, trying to find something to watch. And I discovered the Andy Warhol Diaries. 
on Netflix. It is he published memoirs um, and they turned it into a Netflix documentary. Now, Andy didn't necessarily write the memoirs. He would like call his good friend Pat on the phone every day and, you know, tell her about his day and different things. And she would jot it down. And then after Andy died, she published the memoirs. And what is interesting about the memoirs is that like, there are certain things that Andy doesn't touch on or that Andy doesn't allude to because of his relationships with people. And in the diaries, Pat writes as an editor's note, she fills in the blanks. And sometimes even Andy would say, I won't talk about it, but the editor can fill us in like just crazy. And I also have to say watching the Andy Warhol diaries, I did not know who Andy Warhol was. Like I knew who he was. I knew his iconic Campbell uh, soup paintings. I know what his paintings look like, but I did not really know much about Andy and watching this story of this young queer man although he didn't necessarily like talk about it in the diaries we discovered that like anyone that knew Andy knew that he was gay although like when the question would come up he would always say that he was asexual because he didn't want his work to be about his sexuality um and so there was just so much in this the Andy Warhol diaries that just resonated with me and I just wanted to share a couple of my thoughts about it so Andy is this like larger than life artist with his pop art. But Andy was also like really infatuated with celebrities or people that lived in their authentic life. And he like had this thing that everyone will have their 15 minutes of fame. And he really like was, I don't want to say obsessed with it, but like he was really drawn to it. And a lot of our society today of how we idolize these celebrities how tmz how reality tv shows watching the diaries of andy warhol really goes to show his like impact like he was such ahead of his time he had this factory where he would like all of these creative people would come and he would paint and it really kind of was like just the start of this society of like us following around people, you know, he had this TV show on MTV, which really kind of sort of led to the MTV movie awards. And just like the Andy Warhol show on MTV just was, it's literally like the Andy Warhol TV show. It's called Andy Warhol TV is literally like the Andy Cohen show on Bravo. Just so mind boggling how ahead of, the times that he was one thing that I uh, really resonated with me with Andy and watching this was that like we get to see a lot of his love interests and we get to read about them and get to see like his dilemmas because Andy didn't necessarily think that he was attractive and struggled with like his body image he always felt like you know, he looked better, smaller, just was insecure. And we learn about these insecurities in the diary. However, we also learn that, you know, he had like maybe two major loves of his life. One was Jed Johnson. And what is so interesting about this story is that, and mind you, y'all should watch the Andy Warhol diaries because it is really good. So I want, I'm not going to give you all everything, but he was in this long term relationship with Jed and by all matters, Jed was a cutie patootie and he Jed felt like Andy did not necessarily show him the affection, the attention that, you know, Jed wanted. Jed wasn't really like a partier. Jed really was like a homebody. And 
at this time in their relationship, Studio 54 was out. And that's, you know, that was the popping club for everybody. And Andy Warhol is this larger than life celebrity. Everyone loves Andy. And we see Andy going out, you know, with Diana Ross, with Michael Jackson, all of these people. And like he's really enjoys that type of life. Jed does not necessarily enjoy it. So Jed ultimately and him do not work out. And one of the things that Jed had an issue with was that he felt like Andy did not show emotion, did not like make Jed feel like he was the prize piece. Like, you know, Jed wanted to, you know, Andy didn't really like reveal his emotions. And in the diaries, we see it. We hear him writing about it. Another interesting piece about these diaries is that like they, the Netflix and I believe it's like the Andy Warhol estate they or it's like the museum some whatever the estate of Andy Warhol is they like teamed up with Andy because there is somebody reading the diaries to us and then there's also like interviews of family and friends of Andy and they've created this voice that sounds like Andy so it's so just interesting to like literally hear these diary diary entries of somebody that is reading it like Andy. Now, there is another love of Andy's life, and it is John Good. He is a Paramount executive. And what I find so interesting about John is that, well, one, Andy likes his men a little younger. At this point, Andy would have been in his 40s, and uh, Jed and John are both probably in a early to mid 20s but i love the relationship with john goodams that john wasn't necessarily out he tried to keep his private life of his sexuality to himself now mind you some of the videos that we are seeing of john in my eye i'm like he might not have been out but i would assume that people knew but we also are talking about the 60s the 70s and the 80s so john was an executive at paramount and definitely did not want his sexuality to be out because it could definitely cause him his job and when you see john and andy together it is rather a interesting couple but we get these interviews of john's brother also fun fact john was a twin and so was jed Kind of creepy, right? So we've got Jed's brother and we've got John's brother also giving us context to their relationship and a lot of their other friends. And so a lot of people were saying that Jed was attracted to Andy's lifestyle, the the money that he could provide and just the access to these celebrities. Another thing that is interesting about Andy was that in this relationship with John, Andy really confessed his love to him unlike what he did with Jed and with Jed, he kind of kept it to himself, but Andy really like he sent flowers to Paramount every day for John. And so we see this love affair kind of sort of going on. There's one point in the diaries where Andy says that he told John about the diary and John is like, don't ever write about me in the diaries. So then from now on in the diaries, Andy uh, proclaims, John as like he'll use Paramount like you know code switching just interesting to see the, this relationship because in my mind I'm like how could this relationship work it, for me it's definitely like it seems like John is only in this relationship because Andy likes him and can offer him a, a certain type of lifestyle however we see that all of uh, John's bro- like his brother his friends really say that 
the affection was mutual. There, we even in the diaries learn of these letters that John would send to Andy that they read on the documentary. Just really, 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 really good. And just like, you know, again, I can so understand this relationship. It just, I don't know why it, I just, for me, it was just so intriguing. However, Andy wanted John to move in with him, but he didn't really want to at first. Another thing that is so interesting is that people don't, they question whether or not Andy and John actually had an intimate relationship. Again, for me, leads to me to believe that I like, I don't know if John was really like into Andy like that. But listen, they say that he was, but it's also just so interesting. Another relationship that I find so interesting is Andy and the young artist Basquiat. He was a young black artist. This is the time in the 70s and the 80s where Andy was like this big king of the art pop. Andy always felt some type of way because in the art community, they never really looked at Andy as a true artist. They always felt like his pop art and the type of art that he did, they didn't necessarily like, of course he was a mega star, but they didn't necessarily respect him like that. And it wasn't until after Andy died that like he became this larger than life, the most res- world re- world renowned artist, producer, you know, director after his death. So Basquiat came up in the eighties where more urban artists with the graffiti and the street artists was coming up. And so Basquiat was this up and coming artist and he was a straight black man and Andy really liked him and they befriended him and they, they really developed this friendship, which for me is just like so endearing to see. Uh, I love it. And it, it, they did this collaborative artwork together. They did like over 200 pieces together and it was like supposed to be this biggest thing where this new and up, incoming artists and the the great artists of the time work together and just really great to see however we know that the critics really kind of criticize Basquiat on this collaboration and Basquiat never really recovered from it um it was the 80s Basquiat was on doing a lot of drugs and just kind of sort of living his life and he was an artist that died so young and again watching the Andy Warhol diaries really just makes me want to learn so much more about the artist that is Basquiat now a couple of things that bothered me in this Andy Warhol diaries. Um, One, the AIDS epidemic is going on and they touch on it. And, you know, Andy was definitely like so scared uh, to get AIDS and or to acquire HIV. And like, you know, in his diary, he writes some like unfavorable things about it. However, I do want to give him grace because at that time, you know, they were calling it the gay man's cancer and they did not know how you contracted it or just a lot of different things. And so a lot of people criticized Andy during that time because Andy being the white gay man that he was and on such a large platform, he really could have been a gay advocate for HIV and AIDS. However, Andy kind of sort of decided to take a route away from it. So for me, but can understand in that time period, you don't really know, but there there came a certain time period of where they understood where HIV, how you contracted it. Andy still stayed away from that. So that, like for me, also, we're talking 60s, 70s, and the 80s. Racism is still alive. And for me, I talk a lot about the LGBTQ plus community. And I talk about how it is a, for me, in my opinion, in my lot lived experience, it is a white gay man's community. And there are privileges that white gay men have that 
queer people of color do not have. And for me, watching the Andy Warhol diary was just triggering to me, although there was a lot that I could relate to Andy about and empathize with him. There also was this thing that I felt like Andy did not understand his privilege at the time of just a lot. And there are some like negative and questionably racist things that Andy says, even about Basquiat and passages in his diary. And a lot of people um, of that time, you know, there were people that his friends that were on the documentary that said it is that they never felt like Andy would judge anybody by the color of their skin or they would never, they never got that from Andy. And they feel like, you know, and reading some, and cause mind you, some of the stuff that he says is, is downright racist. Okay. We're going to call a thing a thing. However, a lot of the people provide excuses for Andy in the sense of it is it was that time period. It was how people talked and it was accepted. I, I, I don't know how that makes me feel. Um, I understand the time period. I understand. But like, I, I just feel like a person like Andy, uh, who is in so many circles and, you know, struggles with his sexuality and all this stuff. I just would have thought he would have been a little bit more empathetic. And another thing that was really triggering for me is that there is a, a collection of Andy's pop art where he uses um, and they use the term drag queen um, and transgender women at the time where he created them because he really lived. Uh, he really respected the trans community and the drag queens because he felt like they lived their authentic truth and were so bold. And so there is a pop art series where he uh, paints a lot of trans women and it's like really remarkable. And one of the women that they later found out was Marcia, Marcia P. Johnson. You know, she was one of the freak of the weeks and one of the, the leader of the trans women at the stone wall that, History books don't like to reflect that because, you know, at the form of the at the start of the LGBTQ plus community, they felt like it could not be a trans woman being the face of it. They wouldn't take them serious and it had to be a gay white man. OK, so I just also, you know, I say that to say that like this history of this LGBTQ plus community um, and even prejudice in that stems from a long time ago. But. He did this collection where he went out and, you know, got these trans women and, you know, paid them twenty five, fifty dollars for this artwork that the artwork was commissioned for like fifty million dollars. And so it just I don't know, just kind of sort of bothers me because I just feel like, again, in this community. They utilize black culture, they you know, they 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 just take from it. And even in, in the LGBTQ plus community and like, you know, watching this documentary of Andy, who I admire and want to learn so much more about. It just saddens me to learn that although I don't think that he was racist or I don't think, you know, but I still think that prejudice lived inside of him. And it just saddens me to know that the things that we are dealing with now still were going on back then, but it just was really thought provoking. And it was a long time for me to watch a documentary, to feel like upset, to be emotionally connected to Andy, to understand like it. I, the, the realm of emotions that I got from watching this diaries were so intriguing to me. And I feel like anything that you watch should have 
give you reactions. And so overall, I really enjoyed the Andy Warhol Diaries and I want to continue to learn more about Andy. I want to continue to learn more about Basquiat. Um, and it's funny, I was talking to my stepdad the other day and I was telling him about this and he was like, oh yeah, you know, growing up in the living room, that, so my stepdad loved art and there was a painting above our fireplace in the living room my stepdad told me that was a Basquiat. Now, I, clearly not a real one, but like a like a, a copy of it. And it just is so crazy to me to, to know like all of this history that I'm learning in this Andy Warhol diary. Like it was in my house the whole time. Just so interesting. So if anyone watches the Andy Warhol diaries, please tweet me. Let me know. DM me. Message me. Let me know your thoughts. I really thought it was a great watch. And I just I was glued to the TV. And I love the range of emotions that I, I watch. And again, I understand this from a period of time um, where the society, what was accepted was a lot different. And so really makes me want to learn more about Andy. And again, two things can be true at the same time. Andy was a great person and did so much, so much of his work that he did back then is still present in our society today. And it just also goes to show that like, you know, prejudice, homophobia, trans, transphobia, like, you know, utilizing culture and utilizing people to other people's benefits. And you become this big artist while, you know, our trans women of color are still out here surviving and fighting for their lives and still, you know, there's still so much work to be done. Um, such a great watch. So please, Posse, if you watch this, let me know your thoughts. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
friends, we are back this week with a pilot of a new segment for the Purple Pants podcast. You know your baby boy loves music. You know, if I'm taking a bath, I got to get my playlist together while I'm soaking in the suds. And so we talked about this before I saw the posse on Twitter talk all of this. Well, drop the playlist, baby boy. But I said, you know what? The timing's got to be right. And I'm like, I need somebody that know music that has a wide I can't even say it Prefera of music To know and so I'm really excited To welcome to the podcast Isaiah Goins What it do baby boy how are you what well, is good, Bryce? I'm feeling good. Um, I'm very excited to be here. Um, you know, I, I, first of all, love the work that you do over here with the Purple Pants podcast. And then when, um, we, we talked about the playlist, I was like, Oh, I got to get on that immediately. So this is dope. And I'm, I'm really just hyped to be here. Yes. I'm excited to have you on. I'm excited to have, you know, just expanding the brand that is the Purple Pants podcast. You know, mm-hmm. we're in sports with Purple Pants play by play. You know, we're covering hot topics with the casual tea. You know, I'm just spilling my heart out on a regular purple pants. So it's like, why not tap into the purple pants playlist? Now, we are playing around with this format. So it is going to be very crucial for the posse that is listening that we need your feedback. We want to hear what it is that you want to hear from us. But I, the way I envisioned it, I was like, you know what? Isaiah and I can come up with like a playlist of songs that we like, new artists, maybe even albums at a time. And Mm -hmm. we can just, you know, talk about music. So what are we in store for today, Isaiah? Well, we got about, let's see, we got about 11 songs that I sent you. Um, and it, it's full of a bunch of different like artists, some old, some new. Um, a lot of of people who are like really like hot right now have like some interesting stuff to talk about. Um, before I get into that, out of curiosity, just so I know what kind of music listener you are, what type of music do you typically listen to? Like, and, and what kind of artists do you really tap into? Uh, I am definitely an R and B girl. I okay. love me some nineties, early two thousand R and B. I also love female rap. Clearly. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to rumble with the B, huh? <laughs> Throw a hex on the whole family. I've been gone for a minute. Now I'm back with the how many licks does it take till you get to the put your lighters up. <laughs> I, I also love like I love female rap. I love, okay. you know, I love the new generation that's coming out. I love the Meg the Stallions. I love Sweetie. Yeah. Um, I love rap. I do love pop. I like well mm-hmm. I, for me, the issue of pop today is giving R and B. Yeah, it's giving very much like cultural appropriations because it seems like what's the difference between an R&B star and a pop star other Mm -hmm. than the obvious? Yeah, like we're we're definitely in this new era where a lot of like culture and like um, sound bending, like like Lil Nas X, perfect example, Um, country artist. And then now he's mixing it with rap and now he's mixing it with like pop and R&B. So. See, I don't necessarily have so much of a problem with that because mm-hmm. I feel like it, it, for me, it's like the Justin Beavers. For me, okay. it's like the Selena Gomez's. For me, it's like they just sound like black R&B artists like, and, and they're considered pop and they mm-hmm. get paid pop dollar as for me, R&B. At one point in time, it was like a dying industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do love the insurgence of new uh 
R&B singers Giveon, Queen yeah. Nigel. Uh, you, I just went to a JoJo concert. She had okay. an amazing opening act. So there are. I, I love the indie R&B type of feel. But don't get me wrong. I'm ratchet. I, I love like you know. I, <laughs> I, I I have four brothers, so I grew up on rap. But I definitely would say R&B and rap. And, and I love artists like Saucy Santana. Okay. Who okay. Are they're coming to Philly in a couple of weeks, and I'm going to be mm-hmm. there. But I love ground breaking artists like Saucy Santana's that don't necessarily fit into a box but is making their own lane and now did you hear the tea on Little Nas X new album that he has a Saucy Santana feature really I had no idea about that I, I am like I've been hearing about Saucy Santana, but I'm not too tapped in. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm really excited. I really want to see Saucy Santana go. Um, and he had charted his first song. He's first of all, Saucy Santana, like two years has put out four albums. Um, <laughs> and he recently ch- his first song to chart was Saucy Santana featuring the city girls Shisha. Uh, okay. But I really do think that with this little Nas X feature, it is going to elevate him to another stratosphere and he is going mm-hmm. to be like mainstream and I'm excited for that because as quiet as it's kept I truly believe I was the saucy Santana of my time I <laughs> you know I used to I I I, I rapped back in the day I've, I've, okay. I've had songs to chart but like back I'm talking like 2011 like I yeah. really wanted to be a gay rapper um, <laughs> that's funny no, it's not. Oh, okay. I'm like, okay. Listen, I've, I've heard the I've heard the theme song for Purple okay. Pink. I heard it. Look, yeah, but that not even that. I I I I had curated a whole mixtape back in the day. Okay. Um, but yeah, but anyway, but so I, I love artists like that. I love um, what's his name? Uh, Sayon or uh, Sayon? Okay, not no, that's not his name. It's uh, I was like who's that? Uh, <laughs> uh, Faye Sayons or um. Never heard of him. Yes, no, because I'm, I'm butchering his name. But no, I, I love to discover new R&B artists. But mind you, I'm literally trying to find his name because uh, oh, I good. have so many. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, Brent. Fa- Brent. Brent Fire. Yes. Okay. What I was I saying? Is. You were saying Fibion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's okay. another artist in that same genre uh, that I really love. But anyway, well, what type of music do you listen to, Isaiah? Because it's because yeah. I don't even know what type of person you are because let me just tell y'all about my experience with Isaiah (laughs) because we've had many so Isaiah has been to a lot of the Bryson Wynn presents even before they were like Bryson Wynn presents and the one thing that I always appreciate about Isaiah is that like you always show love and he always make his way in the dough Ticket or not. Okay. Like No, that's good. That's good. I I love I I love the fact that one, you always show love. One, you're shy in person though. Mm, Yeah. Cause yeah, I'd be I'm, like, yeah, I'm to myself, you feel me? But you not though, because you'd be wanting to be in the mix. But I uh, <laughs> I appreciate the energy. But what type of music do you listen to? What type of music do you like? Um, so I mean I listen to a little bit of everything. Um I, I'm a huge rap fan. I listen to like uh, indie music just like you. Um when I was younger, I used to listen to like rock music. That not anymore, but like that's a fun fact. Um I listen to I was really heavy into like old school um hip hop with like my favorite rap rappers like Biggie, um I love Tupac, uh Tribe Called Quest, all that stuff. Um but like I'm I was huge into SoundCloud rap when it first came out. Mm. So like I, I loved Uzi, Cardi, XXX Tentacion. I love everything. 
Um, yeah. And I'm even with now, like I still listen to like a lot of like I listen to the female rappers. I'm, I don't really listen to like pop. That's something you want to hear me like kind of call out. Like I'm not the biggest pop fan for the same reasons you are, but uh, I, I'm I'm like well rounded. Yes, sense. XXX has a song that is always on any playlist that I have. Moonlight. Okay, okay. Moonlight's a good song. Oh. When I tell yes. <laughs> so unexpected from an artist like him, who yeah. uh, like you know, I love him. Man. He he got range. He has a lot of whole different sounds. He definitely does. Moonlight. But yeah, so okay, so let's get into this playlist that Isaiah has curated yeah. for us. And again, like I said before, the Purple Pants playlist. It's evolving. You know, we're in our baby stages. We're trying to figure this out. So it is so important to hear from you, the posse members, to let us know what it is that you would like to hear from the playlist. But for right now, it is Isaiah giving us some tunes as to what he is jamming to or what he feels like are sleepers that people should be jamming to. All right. So the first one is IDK by Willow. Um, Just got tapped into Willow a couple weeks ago. So, I mean, I knew Willow Smith, you know, whip your hair. And I know I whip my hair back and forth. I whip my hair back and forth. I whip it. Whip it. (laughs) But I was I was chilling with some friends and. I heard this song, IDK, and I was like, who is that? Like, it is just so vibrant. It is so hypnotic. It just gives me, like, a space feel. And, like, honestly, if you listen to what she's saying, she ain't really saying much of anything. She's just vibing, you feel me? But, like, it was crazy. And, mm-hmm. Such a good song. Oh, my God. Yeah, when you sent it to me, so my knowledge of Willow is... I do remember I whipped my hair back and forth. Then I know that she pulled away from music. Then I know she went the rock route. Mm -hmm. And then I know that there are like maybe three or four songs by Willow that I was like, oh, okay. Surprising. But it doesn't surprise me because I love her brother, Jaden. And I love the fact that for me, I feel like people don't take Willow and Jaden seriously because of their mm-hmm. parents. Like, because Will is was was this Grammy Award winning rapper. Now he's going on to be the box star that he is. Jada, mm-hmm. in her own right, is a box star killer. And so a lot of the times when we have people that have these children that then say they're going into music, we be like, oh, here we go. <laughs> and especially for Jaden to go into rap, I know people were like, well, one, you know, people always say that like Will Smith was like, the corny rap era, not the corny mm-hmm. rap era, but like, you know, but listen, he was a Grammy award winning rapper. Yes. And so I was a little nervous about Jaden, but I love, well, one, I love Jaden. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just get that out the way. But I love the fact that he beats to his own drum. And I think that Willow in her own right is doing that in her music as well. Yes. And like honestly, I'm glad you brought up Jaden because like I know he got like Icon and um a couple of other songs. He he really had like this year where like he uh blew up for a little bit and then like he just stopped dropping music, which he dropped more. Um but Willow specifically, I was just really shocked at a lot of her discography and I was just like, This album is crazy. Um if you haven't listened to it, um anyone I don't even know how to pronounce this if I'm gonna be honest, it's like a-R-D-I-P-I because I don't know how to say that. Listen, but, you ain't getting no pronunciation over here. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely tap in if you haven't listened to Willow. I enjoyed it. 
And who do you have next on the playlist, Isaiah? All right. So we have a little controversial uh, artist. His name is Kodak Black. The song is Super Gremlin. Um, I'm sure Bryce didn't play it. Super Gremlin. It's pretty good. Uh, I thought Kodak was kind of done. Let me shoot this card. Listen, I thought Kodak was done dropping hits. And then he going to come out of nowhere and drop a hit. And I'm like, this song kind of saved his career, if I'm going to be honest with you. This song or Donald Trump? Mm, well, listen, there's a difference between his career and then his like. I don't think Trump did any... <laughs> favors for this man's career uh like, like i said controversial <laughs> well, he freed him and he is a huge trump supporter uh mm. for him freeing him however i've heard this song a thousand times and when i'm out and about and it come on i definitely do bop to it i think that kodak has no doubt he's talented um looks interesting um <laughs> <laughs> He cut the hair. So I think him cutting the hair for me, I was like, oh, okay, I could see how you, because one, I think everyone is attractive in their own right. Um, but yeah, Kodak has a lot of songs that I like. However, I do think that he is, can be, dare I say, I won't say problematic. I'll say oh, contra- problematic. Toxic. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but sometimes, you know, toxic people make for the best relationships or do they make make the best music I don't know but you know but it's not safe for you it's definitely when it come on I definitely don't skip it I definitely can rock out to that mm-hmm. I'm trying my best to be like separate artists from songs so I'm like so, I listen to Super and, and that's an interesting like, topic oh. though because yeah. I struggle with that with myself mm-hmm. because it's like I feel like you can, and then I feel like sometimes that you can't, because then it's like, well, can you sep- can you separate just artists in general? Like you can encompass artists as an entertainer, an actor. Yeah. Uh, like you know, can you separate their body of work from their personal life? I it it really depends on the person. Like for me, I, I know like I can try, but sometimes I just can't. Like for example, the baby. Like I completely stopped listening to the baby. For example, yeah, for me as well. But then yeah. you know where I'm going with this is R. Kelly. Yeah. Yep, there you go. Yeah, and exactly. so like I do make a conscious effort not to play his music because I think everything which is going on with R. Kelly. It's horrific, but Mm -hmm. I will be lying that like there have been many a time like his catalog is just so classics. It's literally like they're like you go to cookouts. This is what the Mm -hmm. old people in the black communities. They're doing them line dances to Mm -hmm. it. Exactly. It's it's tough. So it is tough, tough, but I, I want to be the person that says that, like, I feel like you can separate the artist from like their catalog of work from the actual person but then it's like then it's hard because then I take such a strong stance on someone like the baby and then it's like mm-hmm. well baby boy now you're being a hypocrite so I mean I think it is your personal decision of how I you agree. choose and I don't think that you should reflect your own personal decision on anyone else absolutely not I agree with everything you just said all right. So the next song is from Mariah the Scientist, yes. a new artist. The song's called Church. Um, Mariah is 
she's doing it. She's killing it. She's killing music. Um, this is what the song sounds like when you hear it. Clip. Yeah, no, we only give a snippets. Okay, mm-hmm. so if you like the little snippet. There's a beautiful voice. She does. So yeah. I love Mariah the Scientist. Yes, she is. A, it's so weird because like we say someone's a new artist, even though she's been out for like four years, but yeah. she hasn't had that break out song yet. She has yet to release an album. Um, mm-hmm. She's been putting out these EPs, like four, mm-hmm. three song EPs. And I love that. Like, if you don't know what your sound is like, if you don't have the the label backing, if you don't like, there is no need to put out a full project album because the type of music listener that I am, I take albums seriously. Yeah. And the thing with her, it's like, um, I think she was about to get that like mainstream success. And then COVID happened because I've been tapped into Mariah for a little bit. But um, when COVID happened, I think it stopped her tour. She was about to go on. It stopped her from performing at festivals that really helped you like get your name out there. So she was like um, really reliant on like an Internet presence, which kind of sucked. So I'm, I'm glad that she's starting to get more attention now. However, I feel like in this day and era with TikTok and Instagram, I feel like COVID could have been. I know COVID stopped a lot of money because I know a lot mm-hmm. of artists make a lot of their money touring. Mm-hmm. However, creatively, I feel like you could have been in your COVID bag. True that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, she she definitely could. And so I love uh, Mariah the Scientist. She was supposed to come to Philly, uh, but COVID stopped her. So she is like, and I am also the type of music listener. When I discover a new artist, I try to see them the first chance I can. Yeah. Because I realized that yesterday's price is not today's price. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how you feel about P&B Rock but P&B, yeah. early P&B Rock he is like a he's a Philly rapper but he's a melodic rapper a lot of his is like a lot of his rapping is like um, uh, you all let me in the moon and put it like you know like Drake-esque but I loved P&B Rock mixtape time and I remember he went on tour the tickets was $10 I dragged me and my friend Sarah and E. Burials and we went to go see P&B Rock PNB Rock was maybe a year and a half ago doing his tour for his latest album. The tickets was $82. Okay. Like I like to see the artists when they are on the come up, which is again why I'm so excited that I'm about to see Big Lotto and Saucy Santana. I was just about to say, yeah, they was on stage together, right? Yeah. So Big Lotto, her debut album, she's a female rapper who I love, 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 love. Y'all know I love the female rappers. Uh, Her debut album is coming out this Friday and she is currently on a promo tour and she has Saucy Santana opening up uh, she gave Saucy Santana a feature uh, it go up and down the flow it go up and down like you know early maybe like two years ago so they're good friends and now he is opening up for her and I cannot wait to see Big Lotto and Saucy Santana and Saucy Santana got a very affordable meet and greet so I'm trying to meet the Saucy that is Santana okay I would like to see that for you yes yeah and then um just with pnb i agree by the way pnb was amazing back then i I, I don't really listen to them as much now but like 2017 and 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 further back i love pnb yes all right so the next song was called make no sense by nba young boy um this person and the next song are actually interesting but this is what that sounds like uh 
vision is somebody, it must be a victory lap. Hey, Shotty come sit on my lap. Hey, they say I just snap. Is that the yeah. song? That one is laugh now, cry later, but we oh. can talk about that one too because it ties into the same artist. Okay, but oh. hold on, wait, let's get NBA Young, but where he at? Go ahead. Oh, 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 oh! Hey! 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 So, let me just talk about NBA. Wait, first of all, am I saying his name wrong? Is it Young so, Boy? So okay. Young Boy never broke again, but it's really called NBA Young Boy. So. Okay, but they go by, but he goes like professionally now by Young Boy. Mm-hmm. Okay, but it's NBA Young Boy. Um, yeah. He's another young rapper. Where do do we know where he is from? He's from Louisiana. Okay, and so he is another one of these rappers that is like very much in the streets. Mm-hmm. And mind you, got about eight baby mothers. <laughs> Kids are all the same. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of respect for him because one, I like I do, I find him so attractive. Uh, <laughs> he has a child with Floyd Mayweather's daughter, Yaya, and a whole bunch of other men's daughter because he's got a lot of children. Um, but he is a rapper. Uh, and I'm, I'm assuming that you're probably going to make the same correlation to Drake or Little Dirk. Dirk, yeah. That they are very, like, we don't have to like it. We don't have to understand it. But there is a street culture that, Mm -hmm. you know, some of these black rappers, some black rappers just rap about the streets and are not really in the streets. Other rappers are really in gangs, really in the streets. And um, I just... I worry for rappers like Dirk and NBA. Not so much Dirk because I feel like Dirk has elevated, but NBA is really in the streets. Um, he has been arrested. He on house arrest. But like when you look around the circle that he keeps around him, mm-hmm. within like the last three years, he probably lost about eleven people. Yeah. And see, I'm glad that we actually played Dirk with this because the whole reason I wanted to bring both of them up. First of all, let me let me talk about NBA. Okay. So NBA. I do have a lot of respect for him um, as an artist because I think he's blackballed, if I'm going to be honest. I think um, not a lot of people want to support him because he's beefing with Dirk. Um, it, like, if, you, if you're not aware of it, like, you know, Lil Dirk had this artist, his name is King Vine, and he actually got, unfortunately, uh, murdered due to gun violence. With uh, He was beefing with this person named, God, what is his name? I'm going to remember at some point. But he is an NBA Young Boys group. So it's unfortunate because you have Dirk and NBA who are great friends. And now they're like beefing publicly. Like if you listen to a lot of the new Was it songs, Chief Keith? Mm-mm, mm-mm. It was uh, Quando Rondo. Okay, Quando Rondo. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because Dirk and NBA are now like public enemies. And it's crazy because it's like, all right, if you make a song with NBA... Like you, the you can't make a, there you go um, so it's like a lot of people take Dirk's side because he's already commercially big and a lot of like Lil Baby just made an album with him so he's not going to make any songs with NBA no more I don't think I don't think we'll ever see Drake making a song with NBA all this stuff Ver, same same way the other way I don't think a lot of people who make songs with NBA now are going to make songs with Dirk because they hate each other and there's a lot of street stuff it is crazy the thing that I do respect about NBA is that like he might not make it commercially commercially big but he is one of those people that has a very large and loyal following. Yes. He just released the mixtape after he got released from 
prison on bond and it's a house arrest created a mixtape they released it went number one on iTunes but then they were having some difficulties with it uh, with like the promotion then they took it down then they put it back up and it was number one again like so sometimes I feel like commercial success for some of these artists isn't always the end goal Mm -mm. sometimes it's just getting money I mean, not even getting money. I I feel like a lot of, for me, what I find so interesting about the music is that it's a lot of the industry. It's a lot of the record labels and the record labels control a lot of these contracts. You hear these artists getting into these 360 contracts where Mm -hmm. they really don't make any money, which is why it's so important for artists to tour because that's where they see the bulk of their money. But, you know, with social media, you know, now it's like, well, I can tap directly into my audience. I don't need a huge record label. I mean, you need it for distribution and promotion, but like with social media, you don't need promotion. Beyonce done taught us that. Mm-mm. And that's why you're not going to see people like uh, NBA on like playlists and stuff. It's really fully on him in his fan base and they the, like you said very low fan base he's doing his thing and you know i have a lot of respect for it yeah i i like nba young boy i would listen i would have wrote him while he was in jail <laughs> <laughs> he probably took the leg hey you never know you gotta I, know shoot your shot brace listen i shoot some don't worry okay <laughs> they all miss but i shoot them <laughs> All right. So the next song um, came out last year, but since she is nominated for an album right now for the Grammys, I said an album, an award for the Grammys. Um, it's Doja Cat from um, with the song "Woman" from Planet Her. Um, woman, love Doja Cat. Love that album. Um, on repeat since last year. Uh-huh. I, I'm a huge Doja Cat fan, even before she was like big when she dropped Amala. I love. Now, Doja. what is it? What is it about Doja that you love? I think she's very authentic. So um, let me let me ask you a question before you ask the question. Is it more of the personality, or is it more of the music? Would you say that pulls you into Doja? I think it's a mixture of both, and okay. it's because when she first came out. Um, before the mood days and all that she just like she's very she's a troll she has like uh she was like one of those internet people like she's she was just like very unapologetically herself even now while she's like commercially successful she's like a huge troll on her pages and stuff and like she doesn't care to like make like ugly memes or whatever she does what she wants so i like that and then even with the music i just love how vibey and creative it is and it just like she's really trying to do her own thing and i just think that it's, I don't know a, a better way to say other than it's a vibe to me like I don't know how do you feel about it I like Doja I like the fact that is she a rapper is she a singer mm-hmm. I like that she for me I look at Doja as somebody that I just put in a category as an artist because yes she has the personality she can rap she can sing she makes great music and she's a performer I love for me it's more of the her performances I have spent a lot of time on the YouTubes like just re-watching performances of of hers like on Saturday Night Live or on like the Jimmy Kimball show like I just enjoy her performance and she seems very fun very like you know I know people were saying whether or not 
there was a song where she wanted, I, I'm assuming, a Nikki feature. And yes, she did, it. She didn't get it. But then she kind of like rapped on the verse as kind of like a Nikki-esque. And people were saying, you know, the bars were saying that she was taking shots at her. So, you know, I, you know. I don't know why. Because look, they worked together before. They already did a Say So remix. Right. Nikki has no issues with Doja Cat. Doja Cat, like, I, listen. Well, it's, it's giving very much Barb. Barbs are are huge are you, enemies of mine. Oh, uh, okay. So, are you an ex Barb, Isaiah? I'm I'm not an ex Nikki fan. I'm an ex Barb. Okay, I do not like Barbs. If you listen to this, you know who you are. But um, no, nah, Doja definitely does give Barb energy, though. I think that she. I mean, you even hear her say at the end of the song of getting to it. She's like, "Thank you, Nikki. I love you." Why would she be dissing Nikki? Like, well, that 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 is actually like what people are saying is the dicks. Like, oh my God. If you don't get out of here. Like, but listen, I don't get into it. You know, I'm not a huge Nicki Minaj fan. Um, mm-hmm. Y'all all know the huge beef with Little Kim and Nicki Minaj. Who the... <laughs> well, boy, FedEx beef straight to your front door. However, let me just report this because if it's the Purple Pants playlist, I'm giving y'all the tea. We know that over the years after Kim and Nicki have like, for whatever reason in, for females in hip hop, there can only be one at a time. And they love to pin female rappers against each other. And for mm-hmm. the longest time, Little Kim was the queen bee of rap. However, the throne set dormant for a while. Little Kim went to jail. She went to Dancing with the Stars. She wasn't that involved in music anymore. Um, Nikki came about. She wanted the stamp of approval from Kim. She got it. They were somewhat friendly. But then the business side of it came out. And then Kim felt as though... Nikki was using her likeness and you we all know like and again what what Nikki says is the, the, the things that the girls are imitating her now mm-hmm. of it's like well girl that's what you were doing to Kim and you didn't really acknowledge Kim although she <laughs> says she acknowledged Kim but I understand what Kim is saying so they had this yeah. huge beef and it was really disheartening to me because like you know I'm a I, I'm a Kim fan and for a mm-hmm. very long time I did not like Nikki I did not listen to Nikki music it was very hard because she had very commercial success and w- without hesitation Nikki is very much the queen of rap besides Cardi but Nikki has accomplished a lot of things anyway I say this to say that over the years Kim has had a child Nikki has had a child I have seen the Kim soften on the Nikki subject and at the BET awards last year they were asking little Kim who would you like to do a versus with and Kim was like the only person that I would that makes sense is Nikki and so everybody was like oh my god oh my god now honestly (laughs) that is true though like people sleep on Kim's catalog so anyway and Kim and and Kim for years has stopped saying Nikki's name now Nikki recently did a Joe Button podcast interview mm-hmm. um, and where she was saying that black women, especially black rappers, do not get the acknowledgement in the influence that they have had. And she said, why have I not been on the cover of the regular Vogue? And if I'm speaking of myself, why has little Kim not been on the cover of Vogue? Now, that that was huge for Nikki to acknowledge Kim like that because we know for years they haven't. And so now we know with Nikki getting ready to release this album, people are like speculating, will Kim be on it? I don't think that. But what I do speculate is during COVID, 
Versus was a very big thing. And Mm -hmm. at the top of last year, they released a list of the verses that were coming up. And on one of those verses, it said Little Kim versus Nikki. Then quickly after it was released, it was taken down. Mm. So I truly, I really feel like we might be getting that. And let me just tell y'all, if we get a little Kim in Nicki Minaj versus, first of all, I'm taking off the day before, I'm taking off the day, <laughs> and I'm taking off the day after. And I'm going to Wendell's house, and I am having a versus party. Listen, the Stand Wars are going to be dangerous. On it won't be because it, it, I it, think it will. It will I, I mean, it will be. <laughs> it is finally them telling their fans that we're cool. This is the alliance that we've been waiting for forever. This is like this is what people want. This would this possibly could be the biggest versus ever and the biggest signals to female rappers that we don't have to beef. Because that has been the model of female rappers is that they have to go against the girl that is at the top, i.e. Cardi and Nikki, i.e. squash it. You know, treat like, you know, it, it, it's like if they could come together to squash it, whoo. That would be crazy. That would be crazy because they only did one song together, too. They did one song that never came out that they were supposed to. And that's a part of what the beef was. They did this song and Little Kim has said interview after interview that the budget for the video was supposed to be major. And like they they did the song and then Kim felt like they used her to say like, oh, we got this song with Kim. Now Kim is giving us the green light to imitate and use her. And from there on, Nikki never acknowledged Kim again. And that's part of what Kim is saying is like why she felt used. And although it might not have been Nikki personally, I understand. The, I'm, I'm just saying the amount of impact Nikki and Kim have on a Doja segment. I just now noticed I fully forgot we even talked about Doja. <laughs> That's like right. That, so you know what I'm saying. So it like all know, the girls, they, they're crazy. Tell me any female rapper that comes out that does not have does that does not wear a colorful wig. Does not exactly. like are are not in these like the, the Kim reference is there. Like she is the blueprint, and I'll give it to Nikki. Nikki has created her own blueprint for the girls now too. But like, let's just be clear: it starts with Kim. But anyway, back mm-hmm. to the sorry, sorry. This is a purple pants playlist. Listen, oh, y'all no, know I mean, we we gonna go off. <laughs> Listen, we talking everything music. I love it. All right, Bryce. The next song. And speaking of females, yes. Um, and speaking of like, females uh-huh. that beef with other females because they feel like they got to pin them against the world. Okay, <laughs> just, just so we're keeping the contents clear on like what we're talking about. We're not talking made up stuff. This is real. Like they feel like it, they pin women against each other, and especially women of color, and especially in the rap game. But I'm gonna be quiet because I don't know why you get me so hype. Listen, listen. So it is. I put these back to back on purpose. It's Meg, um, Meg and Dua Lipa, the sweetest pie. Uh, hottest song right now. Mm. Megan, um, so as you know. Is this but, the hottest song I've right now? Because I will be honest, this is the first time that I had heard it when you put it on the playlist. So I don't think it's the hottest song, oh, okay. but it's a big song. It's one of the big songs right now. Okay. Um, just because of the amount of push and hype it got. Um, I mean, Dua Lipa, she's been doing her thing. Um, there's not much I can say other than like she's just putting out hits. Um, Megan. What would we categorize Dua as? A pop star or? Uh, put her more like a pop star. Yeah. Okay, so you do know pop. A little bit, a little bit. I mm. didn't say that I, I'm anti-pop. I just don't listen to much of it. But okay, but you know Dula, though. 
Yeah, I know. Oh, okay. Uh, I know the Levitating song. I like that oh, song. Okay. But Megan, um, I mean, obviously Megan's the attraction here. Um, you know, uh, I wouldn't, I'm curious after hearing your, your opinions on them, how do you feel about Megan? Because she has a lot going on she for ha- her, too. <laughs> Megan has a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Tory Lane situation. I just yeah. want to know who shot you. Uh huh. Like yeah, honestly, uh, like I'm just at this point, I'm confused. Also, Megan is. We were just literally talking artists and social media. Megan was, if y'all remember, Evelyn from Basketball Wise. She was married her baby daddy Carl. Well, he owns a record label. Megan signed to his record label. Megan then blew up. Felt like the deal that she was in was not that great. So then she enlisted the help of Rock Nation. So now she has management by Rock Nation, but still is under this. Record record label with Carl, a.k.a. Evelyn from Basketball Wives, Baby Daddy. Um, so, there is this thing. He's like, well, listen, I got you for six albums, sis, so we want yeah. to get these six albums. And then, mind you, we know that Megan has been putting out albums and mixtapes. Her mixtapes have been successful. This is another thing in the music industry where I mean, what's the difference between a, Isaiah, what's the difference between a mixtape and an album? Um, so an album that's supposed to be more so like serious. That's the one where someone puts a lot more effort into it. There's a higher budget mixtapes. Half of the time, there's no real direction. You're just putting songs that were either throwaways or like you got sitting around and you just want to have it out in the world. Correct. But the the yeah. issue nowadays is that you can find a mixtape on iTunes. Mixtapes yeah. used to be like, first of all, mixtapes back in the day, I'm giving my age, they used to literally be on CDs. Like, they, mm-hmm. you would have to go to Napster, you would have to go to them websites and download them, you know, SoundCloud, all of that stuff. But nowadays, yeah. when people put out these EP, LPs, mixtapes, they want Apple Music. They're charting. They're making money. Kalani was discovered off of a mixtape. Mm-hmm. Kalani Chance the Rapper rapper. Kalani was Grammy nominated off of a mixtape so here's the thing though if we're calling it a mixtape but it's doing album numbers listen so that I I don't even know why they do it at this point well that's the dilemma that Megan is now in because now Carl is saying well listen you that mixtape it did numbers, but it wasn't an album. So they're like currently fighting. Um, and you know, she has a number. She allegedly has met the quota to then be off of this label. But Carl is saying like, no, that was a mixtape, not an album. I want my money. And so, yeah, so Megan is. <laughs> in these streets <laughs> with a lot of different things. Then she's with her current boyfriend named Party. Is that his name? Yeah. And he Party. is a rapper, uh, but he's like a safari type of rapper to Nicki yeah. Minaj, if you know what I mean. Like, he, he's not a... He's not a ghost for a couple things. Well, that's that's what I'm saying is that like you know Safari Nicki Minaj's ex uh, boyfriend, he's a rapper himself who is talented, but he's actually more talented for writing for females. Yeah. And so that's how Party is, is he's a rapper, but like he's written for Cardi B, he's written for Megan, he's written for like, you know, he's ghost written a lot of things. And so, but anyway, they're together. Megan's still going back and forth with Tory Lanez. And then it's just like Tory Lanez is saying he's innocent. And it's just like, I, I don't know. It's too much. I'm it's I'm a try, lot. Listen, I try so hard. It's a lot. Because yeah, listen, this just goes back and forth. It, that's a messy situation all around. And um, I'm starting to actually see Megan move a little and I'm, I'm sorry to keep bringing up Nikki a little bit like her a little bit um you know I'm starting to see her again like, my uh, point exactly but go ahead yeah I'm just saying I'm go ahead like, pin the girls against each other go ahead listen Isaiah well, it's not against it's not against I don't I don't follow all that I, I've heard all that, I'm like, saying is you ain't make the same comparison to NBA young bull and dirt you didn't make the yes, same comparison no. mm. 
Listeners, did he? NBA and Dirk got street beef. These people have industry beef. Huge difference. And I love Megan. You know, I'm I'm not going to get into people on following her stuff. I'm starting to see this thing where she's like, uh, I'm not going to call her like trying to big boy people, but like she's trying to like big up people. So I'm just like, huh? But I I do have a lot of respect for Megan. I've she's another person that I've I've kind of been tapped in for a while around her uh, her Tino Snow era. Yes, she I started getting out. I'm a huge Megan fan. I liked yeah. her first project that she had put out, Tina Snow, uh, mm-hmm. big old freak. And then of course you know she had I'm a savage, classy, <laughs> bougie, ratchet. But she had another yeah. song off of Tina Snow that I forgot the name that I liked it. But anyway, but no, I'm a big fan of, uh, of Megan I feel like I like Megan listen I like Nikki I like Cardi I like Megan I like all the girls absolutely I like Trina I feel like Trina doesn't get her just due respect Mm -hmm. in the game and here's an unpopular opinion I like Kaya okay here's the thing Kaya crazy we know she doing her own you know she had to falling out with T.S. Medicine and I sided with T.S. Medicine with that Uh, but here's the one thing that I would say about Kaya because my you I've got two Kaya albums. She can write. Like, yeah. Kaya can write. Kaya's mouth is her downfall. But Kaya, she can write. Like, she, like, mm-hmm. I, my one friend Sarah always hates it because, like, whenever we go out, like, you know, we like to play, like, old ratchet songs. And I will always, well, my friend Sarah hates me because I play Kaya. And a lot of y'all might judge me, but I, <laughs> I play Brooke Hogan. Okay. <laughs> Listen, say what y'all want. When she was working with Scott Storch on Hogan Knows Best and she released that first album. Listen, Isaiah, the next yeah. time we do Purple Pants Playlist, I want you to listen to Brooke's self-entitled album, Brooke Hogan, and you tell me what you think. Yeah. I'm going to write that down. Oh, I'm going to send it to you. Don't worry about writing it down. Say I'm less. going to send it to you. Say less. Say less. I want to. I want. I want to tap. Listen, she got some. And mind you, I'm a slow song person, so I don't need. Yeah. She like you know. She has a lot of like you know. See, see what you're looking at your duck chase. See what you. But like, it's the slow songs on the Brooke Hogan album for me. And I know that this sounds crazy in itself, like Brooke Hogan. But yes, she was with Scott Storch, and she was making jams. And just because we're in this area, shouting out female rappers because I don't have any more on the rest of the playlist. Shout out Rico Nasty, yes, Tierra Wack, yes, Sassy. What you know about Tierra Wack? Listen, I listen to everybody. Okay, (laughs) I love Tierra. Asian doll, Asian doll. Um, uh, God. uh, who's the girl from that got, Millie. yes yes like from Millie. there's there's a whole list of them and there's I love the surgeons of female rap we might maybe the next purple pants playlist we might have to make a female rap I'm okay with that I think that'd be dope old and current Oh, because we okay. gotta give love to Yo Yo. We gotta give love to MC Light. we gotta give Lauren love to Roxanne Hill. Shantae we gotta give love to Lauren Hill if she wants time yeah. <laughs> alright All right. back to the playlist Alright, um, we got four songs left. So, this song, a little different. It's uh, it's called Enemy with J.I.D. It's from this Netflix show called Arcane. We're gonna, um, I'll, I'll break it down in a second, but this is uh, Enemy. I'll blink up to the sound, to the silence that I found. From my mind to run around, with my ear up to the ground. So, when I first heard this song, I was like, is this from Euphoria? <laughs> 
<laughs> no, nah, it's uh, so it's from this Netflix show called Arcane, which is based off of a video game. Let me nerd out for a second. And uh, the game is called uh, the game is called League of Legends. It is like an animated show basically breaking down like the characters and stuff and they had a huge budget to like have a like different artists come on and imagine dragons was like one of their main people that they invested in and this song has the rapper jid he signed the j cole's uh label dreamville and all that and I was like, huh, this is actually like not bad. And I was like, I want to add more than just rap on here. So I'm like, let me include that. Um, I wanted to, to hear it out and see what you felt like. Cause it's a little different. Um, how did you feel about it? I liked it. I, okay. for me, like when I watch shows like euphoria, when I watch shows like insecure, I am always being like Siri, what song is this? I love songs that I would not historically listen to, but I find a meaning and I feel like it kind of like gets me excited. So I definitely added that to my running playlist. So when I'm oh, running, nice. it's definitely on my playlist. So yeah, no, I like it. Keep us giving, get, continue to give us more sleepers. Absolutely. And um, just to talk about JID, because I mean, Imagine Dragons are already huge. Like, Here we go. Wait, is that a but, show or is that an artist? That's a band. Oh, okay. That is a band. Okay. They are, Get let me, me together. Check on Spotify. They're number five streaming oh. on Spotify in the world right I now. I thought so it was giving Puff the Magic Dragon like uh, mm-hmm. cartoons. Okay. No, this is nah. okay. So they, Mad- they are nobody to mess with. Oh. And what genre of music are they? Um, I'm not going to call them rock, but like sword. They're more like an indie, if I'm going to be honest. With you. Okay. It's hard to put them in one place, so this is kind of like tapping into Young Isaiah's, like, you know, Young Isaiah evolved music. Bit. Okay. A little bit, a little bit. And then J.I.D., shout out J.I.D., uh, honestly, in my opinion, one of the best rappers out there. Okay. Um, He had that song, uh, what was it, with J. Cole last year. It was called, uh, I got to think about it. Give me one second. It was called Off D's, and he has a bunch of songs. Like, if you never heard of the Caprio albums, DiCaprio 2, um, he, he just dropped a song with 21 Savage. He was on the Dream, uh, the Dreamville collab album. Love J.I.D., one of the best flows in rap. Like I said, if you haven't listened to him, listen to him. But that's that song. Okay. All right. So next is... I mean, this this song. I mean, who doesn't know "Industry Baby" by now? Um, when Lil Nas X and Jack Harlow. Yeah, like this song is huge. No, for sure. We love. uh, So I will say uh, the baby boy Jack Atkins, who does Survivor News with me, he put me on to Jack Harlow uh, a while ago, uh, back when Jack and I went to South Africa, and he was like jamming to Jack Harlow, and I got back, I was like, oh, I like Jack Harlow, and I. Of course, love Little Nas X. I will say that this was the first album with this Little Nas X second album, but it was the only album that I ever listened to of Little Nas X because Amon from the Casual T was like, mm. you got to get into him, Bryce. Like, stop playing. Like, show. Like, so <laughs> I was like, all right. And so I really like Little Nas X. I love the fact that he is a troll. I love the fact that, like, he does things. I love the fact that people, I, I love the fact that people say that he's acting like, 
he's not gay, but acting gay. <laughs> he's a troll. <laughs> Just like Doja Cat. Uh, Lil Nas X is a huge troll. And um, I remember he, it's kind of interesting to see how, where his career has gone. Um, starting out from like Old Town Road and, and being like this TikTok artist to like some superstar. Mm-hmm. Now. Um, so, so good for, for Nas. He um, previewed new music the other day. Uh, mm-hmm. He was rapping on a treadmill. And for me, when I listened to it, I was like, oh my God, this almost sounds like the baby. Oh yeah. See, and, he he has a song with the baby too, actually. So I was like, that's interesting. Then and he has a song with Young Boy coming out. So he yes. and that's why we talked. So he has two tracks that have not been released yet that are going to be on the album. One with Young Boy, which I love the collaboration. Like we were saying, Young Boy is a very street. You know, we don't really. You know, for him to collaborate with an openly gay black male, for me, that is the, that's the type of. Despite what he might, he might be in gangs, he might be whatever, but for him to work with Little Nas X for me says a lot. And then for Little Nas X to know who he is and know the movement that Santana has for the girls. And what I mean, the girls, that's just slang that, you know, I say for like the urban black game community um and to know that like a feature with little Nas x and santa like oh it just gets me so excited <laughs> it really does uh, though yeah yeah and then um also jack i love jack carlo one of my favorite artists i like doja which I, you got a lot of favorite artists isaiah okay you got a lot of favorite artists i i i didn't say favorite i said there's a the, the, some of these people are hot and popular no we won't have to run these clips back we won't but that's have my favorite that. artist I said Doja love I love Doja my favorite. my favorite I'm one a Barb my, I love Nikki I'm not no Barb okay I'm just saying do during Don't this do podcast you didn't have a lot of favorites well listen well listen if of all these people that I've listed Jack Harlow is definitely in my regular rotation okay so what about Puff the Magic Dragon Imagine Dragons I don't listen to them like that oh I just said that they're good oh my god but Jack Harlow have been tapped into them since 2018. The Loose album was awesome. Fun fact about this song, and this is going to be the third time that we mention this woman. I am not a Barb. I don't like Barb. <laughs> it's giving very... It's, like if it smell like a Barb, <laughs> but if see. it look like a Barb, not Lil Nas X actually said that the feature in this song was supposed to be for Nicki, but she turned it down. She did. Yeah, so that's why Jack Harlow's on this one. But, uh, you know, I mean, this was, this was a, a, you know, a big song. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Who we got next? Um, we got a Kodak feature, but it's a Gunna song. Oh. How you did that. Uh, from uh, the the new DS Forever album. Um, and fun fact about Gunna. Hold on, let's get a little words too. Hold on. Gunna is allegedly dating Beyonce's protege, <laughs> Chloe. Chloe. Is that is that confirmed? I mean, yes. You don't watch the blogs. Like, I mean, they haven't publicly said it, but like, you know, I watch a lot of the blogs and for Valentine's Day, Chloe posted what her Valentine's was, and we saw Long Gunner's Instagram him setting up with a similar Valentine's. We see them out mm. on going to events, hugged up. So like they are an up and coming 
little situation so keep your eyes on to see like purple pants posse this is like my judge i live in this realm i don't listen to all of these artists but i can tell you who they talking to i can tell you they stylist i can like this is really where i find myself at home because i love music i love the culture that is music and you know a lot of this culture stems from like I was talking earlier in the podcast with Andy Warhol like a lot of this is a lot of the things that he somewhat predicted but again which is why I'm so excited that we have the Purple Pants playlist <laughs> oh well I mean also fun fact Gunna and Chloe got a song on his album called You and Me and Gunna and Chloe have another song mm. on Chloe's upcoming album mm. I love I'm a huge Chloe Bailey fan. Oh. Chloe has- favorite i love them um i did a favorite a, a podcast r- recording that. i'm not gonna say favorite okay, okay. artist but album is definitely up there anyway we gonna um you know one of young thugs artists ysl one of the young thug clones if anything but gun is a huge deal uh you know i'm shocked that Gunna has gotten as big as he is um but i mean more power to him Yes, and then what is the song that's going to round us out on this playlist? So, very weird artist, very weird song, but it's called Sorry About That by Yeet. So play that. Well, what are you sorry about? Hey. Hey. Okay. Is I don't know how to explain it, so I don't really listen to Yeet that much. He's more for like the younger audience. Oh. Um, I know my little brother put me on to him, and you know I've heard after like finding out who he was, I remember hearing some of his songs on TikTok. So I'm like, all right, let me do some research on this guy. It's weird, but like I don't know how he's. I'm feeling like, and you heard this here first. He's probably going to be one of the like, your the favorites. Big, not no uh, no. Uh, he, I think he's going to be the next big thing at least. Um, okay. His his music is different, but I know that he has a song coming out with Drake. He has a song coming out with Lil Uzi Vert. He oh. didn't drop his album yet, but he ju- he just dropped a new album actually, and it went like number one on Apple Music. I'm like, mm. so that's something to look out for. Um, but Geet there you go yes well we appreciate you for curating this first purple pants playlist and just know to anyone that's listening we are just getting our feet wet we will figure out the formats we're going to be listening to all types of music so listen if you got an album or if you feel like there's an artist that Isaiah and I need to listen and talk about please hit us up on the Twitter the Instagram let us know Isaiah thank you so much for taking the time out and helping me with this passion project it is means the world to me and I really felt like this is like such a fun conversation I feel like we could talk for like another two hours <laughs> yeah this was a great one I love the energy and the vibe but I think it's gonna be great yes but before we go let the people know uh, what you got cooking up what podcast you're on and where they can follow you at if they want to figure out what uh what won't be on the playlist next Next. Sure. So if you want to, you know, suggest any songs whatsoever, if, you, if there's something that you're like, Isaiah, Bryson, I want to hear them talk about it. Um, hit me up on any social, Instagram, Twitter, and all that at 8 Ball Bangers, literally the number 8, the Ball Bangers. Um, you can listen to me talk about reality television and animation and all that fun stuff on my personal podcasting channel, Silent Podcast, um, which, Bryce, I hope I can get you over there at some point. But, um, you know, I'm just talking about TV. 
and stuff like that. And you can listen to me on RHAP. Um, also talking about Big Brother. Um, I actually did five episodes on the music podcast called Aux Quarter Proof. So tap into those as well. But yeah. Yes, we appreciate you, Isaiah. And of course, we can podcast whenever you want. And we will put the link to Spotify and the Apple podcast link of the playlist that Isaiah curated in the notes of this podcast. If you want to listen to it and get your own feedback. But this has been your first installment of the Purple Pants Playlist. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Don't do that. So I'm not your favorite artist now. Oh, you're doing a great job. (laughs) (laughs) Who's the freak? Who's the freak? Who's the freak of the week? Who's that? Who's that? Who's that freaky, freaky freak? Who's the freak of the week? Might be me. And we are on to this week's Freak of the Week and with Women's Month coming to an end and with this episode being the playlist Music Inspire, I'm like, you know what? Let me give Freak of the Week to somebody that I admire who is a pioneer in rap, who has been a trailblazer for women for a long time. And so this week's Freak of the Week is none other than Kimberly Denise Jones, a.k.a. Little Kim. Y'all know me, Posse. I love me, my little Kim. And I feel like Kim is a living legend. And I don't feel like she gets her just dues for her contributions to music, to fashion. Like she literally is a fashion icon. And the fact that she has yet to cover Vogue raises some questions for me. Say what you want about Little Kim's appearance. For me, I don't, I hate when people disrespect her like that. Um, it is what it is. We change throughout our lives. We are not the, the person that we once were in the beginning. However, Little Kim is still a beautiful person inside and out, was a trailblazer for women in the rap community. Prior to Little Kim, there were not female rappers talking about sexual things, talking about, you know, the things that please women, the things that we want. You know, it was a very male dominated industry. And at the time, women rapped like the males. Little Kim was the first one to feminize rap, to dress sexy, to like put these name brands. Fendi, Marc Jacobs, Christian Louboutin, like she was the first female rapper to do that. And ever since then, every female rapper, there is a blueprint of Little Kim in them somewhere, somehow. And I just don't feel like Kim gets her just dues. And even in the fashion industry, when we we look back in the 90s, the, the 2000s, Kim was, again, reminding me of Andy Warhol ahead of her time with these fashions. People in the t- at the time talked about it, but some of her fashion is iconic. She is just an iconic person. And y'all know I loves me, my little Kim. I've never met her. Well, I met her, but never an actual conversation. When I got back from Kagiyan, okay, we taking it back a couple of years ago. She was on tour and she had went stopped in Philly and I paid 
for like these backstage passes and you know I was with one of my best friends and we were waiting in line and it just didn't seem like it was ever going to happen and then she arrived and like you know she had to walk backstage to go to the dressing room to like then take the photos and you know people were like oh my god Kim I'm a cop, Kim, cop, Kim. and I was like Kim and she grabbed my hand and I was just like ah and so I was supposed to get a photo but baby Lil' Kim was on Lil' Kim time and we had already been in that line for like an hour and we after she touched my hand it was like another two hours of still waiting in line and now mind you I would have waited all day but I was with my best friend and there were a lot there's a lot coming on backstage and like you know people were like constantly walking back and forth kind of like pushing us and different stuff mind you I would have waited I was with my friend Salim and I was with my friend Dara my friend Dara was like if somebody else pushed me she was going to go Will Smith on them. So we decided to leave. And I'll never forget the next day when I woke up and went to like Facebook and Instagram. Not that my friend Celine posted a photo of Little Kim. <sighs> so I've never met her, but she touched my hand. And I just I just love Kim. And I really hope that in her lifetime, she receives the flowers that she deserves. Despite any of what the haters always got to say. Haters always saying something negative. Instead of celebrating her, they, they, they want to hate. But here on the Purple Pants podcast, we celebrate little Kim. And she is the freak of the week. If Kimberly Denise Jones aka little kim is the freak of the week that means we are coming to an end of another amazing podcast thank you so much posse for coming through listening and supporting your baby boy please ensure that you are subscribed to the purple pants podcast we are available on apple Podcasts, google play wherever there are podcasts available the purple pants podcast awaits your subscription hit subscribe write a review tell your baby boy what you thought you got something out of the episode i truly enjoy reading the comments make sure you give your baby five stars and don't forget to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to hit the playlist because it's a it's a it's a it's the purple pants it's the purple pants it's the purple pants podcast you better get your headphones and listen up quick it's the purple pants podcast you better listen in public might make your stomach hurt it's the purple pants podcast you're trying to unwind you better get that box wine it's the purple pants podcast you're trying to get your snack you better hurry right back though it's the purple pants it's the purple pants with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.